0: Life Uncut Podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today.
1: This episode is recorded on Gadigal land of the Aurora Nation.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Life Uncut. I'm Brittany and I'm Laura, and this is a little packaged up bonus episode from you. We are putting all these little pieces together from the live show with all of our guests. So this is part three. So we've obviously done part one and two. Part three is Matt O'Kine. Now Matt O'Kine is one of those amazing, super annoying people that can do everything. He's an award-winning comedian. He's an actor. He does radio. He has podcasts. He literally is someone that is just like you're. Like what can't you do. He was an incredible chat so I hope you guys enjoy listening to him as much as we enjoyed having him on the show. Welcome to the stage please everyone. A big loud welcome, Matt O'Kine. Hey. Why do you immediately look so much cooler than us? No, um
2: I feel very uh, underdressed. Uh, I changed my Shoelaces. That gave my shoes a whole new spritz, you know what I mean?
1: I did say to Matt, I was like, do you reckon you could be here at 5.45 today? And he was like, nah, I've got daycare drop-off, sorry, uh, pick up, pick up.
2: Daycare, pick up. And then my daughter wasn't, she was eating spaghetti and, oh, thank you so much, and she was not picking up the spaghetti right with her fork Mate. and there were so many tears, like it was just... And I'm twisting the foot. I'm going, is, it, is this it?
1: Is this it? And she's like, it's not it. She's hitting it away. Oh, man.
2: But anyway, we're here.
1: Matt, we start all of our podcast interviews with our new guests by asking them their most embarrassing story. We like to really start low so then we can build you back up. What is the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you?
2: Do you know, in um, two to the year, uh, basically I suck my own dick. We've all been there. Yeah. So and I, it was, that was one of those things that I never thought that I would ever tell anyone else. But intentionally, um,
1: or it was like something very you discovered much intentionally.
2: You could do. Yes, okay. it wasn't an accident. I thought that it was, wasn't like a really the plane what? landed badly, and I was like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> no, it wasn't like How that. How old were you? I was 15 at the time. So, um, I. Look, <laughs> I'm sorry. I have, um, yeah, so I had taken, it was in Ghana, right? I was visiting Ghana with my dad.
1: I don't know if that's necessary. I no, know, no, know, know, know But details are it Well, it's a very
2: humid country and it feels like uh, I, I, you know, I was in a bath and it was hot and... Um, I feel like I was really in the bath for a long time and um, my back felt good and, (laughs) and then I got an erection and then I was just like looking at it and it was looking at me. no look all I'm saying like every guy in this room has tried to suck their own dick okay every single one of them I can see a few of you a few of you you you've tried it you've tried it you fail you fail but but here's the thing I was like, look, we all know how this ends. I'm not going to reach you. But let's just see how much I don't reach you by, all right? <laughs> and, then, and then I got closer and closer and next thing my dick was in my mouth.
1: Matt <laughs> O'Kine, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. it and wasn't, that's Matt kind, ladies and no, gentlemen. No, no,
2: no. It wasn't... I wasn't good at it, do you know what I mean? I wasn't like... It It was just like... (laughs) You know what I mean? Just the very top bit. Just the tip. So, did you... Edging, I think it's called. No, because it was happening and then I was like, oh, I can't do this, this is disgusting.
0: You thought of that after the fact.
2: And then I was like... No, I can do this. And then I went back down. <laughs> couldn't reach. I couldn't reach. The second time. The second couldn't... time I couldn't reach. Went back for seconds.
1: Why? So oh. hey, even your penis didn't <laughs> want it to happen. It retracted <laughs> away from you. Yeah.
2: It was like, I can't. It's forbidden.
0: So, Matt, in all seriousness, because, like, I thought this was a myth. Can you... Did you actually make contact, genuinely? Yeah,
2: but, look, here's the thing. People are like, oh, you must have a big... But it's not like that at all. What, what happened was I was 15 and, 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 and it had grown to its maximum length, but I was still, had the body of a boy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it was like, it was a really just a once in a lifetime opportunity.
0: But it was truly it a <laughs> once in a lifetime, was it once and once only?
2: Yeah, and that's it. And that was just, that was it. And trust me, I tried. <laughs>
1: Well, Sometimes life offer, like, offers you up these opportunities, and I'm so glad you grabbed that one. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Could. The moral of the story is never let go of a good thing.
1: No.
0: <laughs> so I, My next question was, how did you know you were funny enough to be a comedian? But we can skip past that, because I've got it right <laughs> now. No, how do you know... How How do you feel like, I'm, I'm funny. I'm going to make people pay to come and see me?
2: Um... Yeah, I don't know. That, I mean, look what what the actual the actual biggest sort of question is: At what point do you start not being embarrassed about things like that, um, and just realizing that that's just who you are and what you can talk about on stage? Um, because I mean, for a very long time, especially as a, a young guy, you would just be like, "I would." I mean, I swore to myself that I would never ever tell that particular story because that's so shameful and embarrassing and blah blah blah. But The more you get to that point as a performer or content creator or whatever, and you guys do it all the time, it's like, the more you open up, the realer you are, the more you realise that people, you're not the only kid with a bathtub, you know what I mean?
1: (laughs) What what Matt's saying is that he also ran out of content and had to mine deeper. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly, literally. Um... So yeah, so I mean that that's that's where things started becoming more interesting for me as a performer and as a uh, as a as a comedian and stuff like that. It's sort of hitting that that truth level and, and honesty that I think people certainly now just want to hear or appreciate at least.
0: Well, it's not often we do have the pleasure of being in the presence of an award-winning comedian, so we're really going to utilize that tonight by talking about. Micro racial aggression. So uh, I mean go for it. <laughs> yes. We've got, a, we've got a comedian.
1: We've got a comedian and we're gonna we're gonna go <laughs> we're gonna waste our time is what we're saying. We're taking you from talking about all of your funny times in life to talking about some very serious. Sure, times go your for life. it. Let's go for it. But, well let's start with what is racial microaggression.
2: Oh, look, it's just little things. I mean, you know, I had to pull up someone recently because they were talking about how my hair looks like pubes, right? And like while it kind of does, you're like, you don't get to say that, you know? Um, and so, and people don't do it out of like, most people don't do it out of spite or hate or anything like that. They just don't know. Um, and so the, the whole race conversation, um, there really is a battle against, you know, or, or there's naivety and um, ignorance versus willful ignorance. And uh, purposeful uh, hate, you know, and that and that's kind of where where the where the sort of line is drawn down. Sometimes there's people that get caught in the crossfire, but most of the time and the majority of people aren't willfully out to be um to be ignorant. But If we're actually talking about in terms of the way that society is changing or change when it comes to, you know, the way people look at race, there's a couple of things that that I've pointed that have happened to me recently. Having a daughter, she's three years old, right, and she's got curly hair and I'm really getting scared of the day that she comes home and wants to straighten it, you know, because she's just so, like, I I saw my sister straighten her hair for her whole life and being called, you know, a pubehead and making fun of like hair and oh we can put Velcro on the roof and you can stick to the roof and all that sort of stuff it still sticks with you for a long time so seeing my daughter you know hopefully embracing the curly hair is a big one now when my partner and I just recently, we were showing my daughter the Bananas ad from the 90s. Do you remember that one? Banana na Yeah, so, I mean, classic ad, right? And my partner was like, oh, let's go and watch this Bananas ad, you know? And she was singing the song, and my daughter was like, what is that? What's that song? And my partner was like, well, watch the ad. So we sat down and watched the ad. And after the ad, this was the classic 90s ad, and after the ad, I looked up, and my partner was literally crying, right? And I was like, oh, my gosh, what's... what's we, what happened with the banana? I don't know, like, what happened. Did
0: someone slip <laughs> it? I know, the I know, I know, I like, know.
2: Well, yeah, but, but she was like, I just realized that um, there's only white kids in that ad, right? Which is fine. It was the 90s and that's what happened. But then she was like, now that I, you know, our daughter is part African and, and now I'm with you, I'm only realizing that, that you would have grown up watching that ad and seen a completely different ad. So she only realized that now. And that's absolutely fine. Everyone takes the time to learn that sort of stuff. Um, but this afternoon, literally this Savo, when I was doing that daycare pickup, my daughter walked past this sign that said, that, that was just had a, it was just like a community sort of sign. You know, they've got them at daycare, put your away your things, blah, blah, blah. But it, it had a, 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 like a young brown girl in this sign. And my daughter Sophia, out of nowhere, completely unprompted, walked up and said, Dad, look, that girl looks like me. Right? And I said, yeah, she does. She's got curly hair and she's got, yeah, and, and brown skin like me. And I felt so, like, thankful that it has changed. Because I think when we talk about race and everything, it's like, it gets blurred to this line where us as adults understand it, but kids don't. And the best example I always sort of use in this scenario is when I was 10 and, my, and I was watching um, the, you know, Pauline Hanson was making her biggest rise up through the ranks and she was all over the news and she was talking about immigrants and blah, blah, blah. And I remember, you know, looking at, at the news and thinking about, and hearing her talk about how bad immigrants are and blah, blah, blah. And then I remember going into my mum's room and asking her, is dad, an immigrant and my mum said yes and I remember feeling really embarrassed about that and ashamed and like scared I thought oh no I can't let anyone know I can't let anyone know that my dad's an immigrant you know and that's so like it, it's quite evil what can be done and the way that kids can be manipulated through the media um, and so as adults, it's easy to say, oh, well, shouldn't everyone have their say and have their opinion and blah, 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 but we're forgetting who actually gets access to that and who, gets to, and who suddenly feels like they're not one of us and not allowed to be here and whose parents are less valued in society. And so that's why I, you know, just my daughter, seeing someone that looked like her on a sign to me today felt like we're going in the right direction.
1: How does that for you, how does that impact you growing up? Like seeing that ad on TV, or seeing not seeing Pauline on TV and seeing that conversation and then having, speaking to your dad and connecting the dots, like how does that impact you long term where you are now in your life?
2: Um, well, the reason why I do stand-up comedy is because I didn't think that I was going to get any acting jobs because there was no brown people on Australian TV. And so I felt like if I um, connected with audiences by being myself as much as possible, that uh, they'd see and hear someone that they could relate to without needing to go through uh, any higher up powers, etc. So that's actually part of the reason why I guess I'm even sitting on this stage is because understanding that there were gatekeepers at the time and that there still to an extent is, but doing my best to sort of get around that. Um, as far as what it does to you when you're growing up, <laughs> this has gone so f- far away from sucking my own dick, I've got to tell you. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Well, we you're are back to so your childhood. You've got to do a bit of both, right? You've got to have a bit of light and shade. I
1: think this is really important, though. So, Matt won Moment of the Year at the Podcast Awards last year for speaking about this. And that's why when we listened to that that section, that audio that was put forward for the Podcast Awards, that was why we were like... This is the conversation we want to have on stage. Yeah,
2: and look, it's a really important one. It's a very difficult one. People get very defensive when they talk about it and feel uncomfortable. And it's like, you just don't... That's not That doesn't help anyone, you know? You've mm. just got to kind of try and be as open as possible about it. Um, so what I, what I was going to say is, you know, you feel like... I mean, growing up, you feel you do feel a little bit like... Uh, embarrassed about being brown. You're making all the sort of jokes to try and, you know, cover up you know, who you are and what you are, you kind of reject, there's a lot of cultural rejection and all that sort of stuff. Um, and you feel, like, I look back on some of the stuff that I used to say and do to my dad because I was kind of a little bit embarrassed by, you know, him being African and stuff like that. And it's like, it's, it's shameful, you know, because this is a guy who, like, worked his ass off to, to you know, get his university degree out of Ghana to move to Australia start a new life set up a family you know and everything and and then you're making fun of him for the way he says mosquito instead of mosquito you know what I mean and I mean he still does it and I still make fun of him but uh, you know I'm allowed to now I'm allowed to but um, yeah but like things like that you know so you look back on it you're like what was I thinking but you know you're you're, you're such under the influence of the, the powers outside of you that you kind of don't realise the um yeah the effect that you're having on not just yourself but others the others the people that are important to you.
0: Do you find that you still experience it these these microaggressions in your day-to-day life with people that are in your life so maybe they're friends because maybe it's a level of ignorance or not being educated enough on the topic because I, I sometimes. Well, just being casual
1: I think just even casual. people are educated on it but they're like oh like we're mates, so you don't mind. Do you Yeah, look, him? I mean,
2: racism is one of those things that hides very well behind discrepancy. And so, you know, in a way, you can never really... <laughs> Racists, in the same way that abusers, are very good at hiding what they do and they're very good at making it impossible to prove it, yeah. right? So that's why when... You know, you have to be really lucky to catch with video a police officer choking a dude to death. And even when the video exists, there's still room for, oh, well, actually, I'm not that person. And so it's the same with abuse. These people work so... They're masters of covering their tracks and their trails. So they, they very rarely get caught, you know? Um, I remember p- applying for a job on uh, at a video store, and I remember putting, putting my photo on the video store, on the CV, because I wanted to make sure that when people saw my last name, O'Kine, and my middle name, Ajete, they looked at my photo, and they saw that I wasn't that black, right? Now it's, I'm embarrassed that I did that, but I also did that because studies had proven and still prove that you're less likely to get a job interview in that instance. So these sort of things, unless you really get busted, they just happen all the time. And it's the same way so often where you go, I got, a, I got a feeling about this person, or I don't. I really don't trust this person, or I wouldn't trust this person making a decision on my behalf because I actually don't think that they're an ally. It's the same way people of colour do that, same way the women do that, the same way that you have to sort of, you kind of, you know, you just know when 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 it's happening to you. But of course, very How difficult prove to prove it, it more yeah. more often than not. So you just have to sort of. Suck it up and get on with your day.
0: I mean, but that's—I mean—that's the thing. You shouldn't have to suck it. You should suck it up because this is what we do. Um, but you shouldn't have to suck it up and get on with your day. And I guess you that's, shouldn't. That's why we want to have these conversations. And just on that, I, when we did our due diligence, I, I was reading an article from somebody with an ethnic name that went for a job like put their cv down twice they went for the job twice they didn't have photos it was just their name but they changed their name with the same cv so they had their ethnic name and then they had you know john smith and john smith got the interview of course yeah and the fact that that is happening now i mean it's very upsetting which is why we want to have these conversations but part of the moment of the year that you did win was talking about racism black lives matter the movement. Do you think there has been have you noticed in your life since the Black Lives Matter movement have you noticed a big difference in society in things that are happening to you in the day to day
2: Yeah I mean look I think it's i think it's it's great I think it is something that has definitely there's there's levels of overcompensation at times that I feel which i which I think is fine because it's kind of long overdue um, there's also you know instances of people where Um, you know, you know, there's people who will, um, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without pointing at particular
1: groups or
2: names, but essentially there'll be people or companies Mm. who are very much on board, you know, oh yeah, we did this. And you, you look back just like two years ago and you're like, well, you didn't represent any people of color, and you had like, how many people on your books? A hundred people on your books. You didn't care about people of color, but now you suddenly care because you need to. That's the sort of people that I don't. That's that they're the people who I get really kind of frustrated with. But I mean, it's it is it's definitely it's definitely changing, and I'm and I'm stoked. And it, it's always it's changed a lot since the bananas ad in the 90s, and it's going to keep changing. And I have faith that the majority of people are doing the right thing and that, you know, it's, it's, you know, we're all trying our best. I think most of us are trying our best.
1: Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing your experiences. You are literally the fucking best. Thank you. Thanks guys. (laughs) See you later. Thank you so much, Matt.